Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. All right, point number one today is this, voices, voices. There's a lot of voices in the world right now. A lot of, a lot of things grabbing our attention, pulling us away, trying to tell us what we need to know. Um, 50 years ago, it was 1973. And um, I think in 1973, it was a lot easier to hear the voice of the Lord. And, and I'll speak to this. In, in 1973, there was three, count it, three, three TV networks. That's it. Three choices. There was NBC, ABC, and CBS. And the number one show, can anybody tell me what the number one show was in 1973? Anybody? Happy Days, that's a good, that's a good. Mash, those are good, good. Oh, wow, you guys are, come on. Snaps to you this morning, let's go, okay. No, the number one show in 1973 was The Waltons. The, oh, I know, oh. It's like, it's like apple pie, you know what I mean? It's like, just so wholesome. The number one show in America in 1973 was The Waltons. Michael, you've never seen The Waltons. What are you, what are you booing for? Oh my gosh. All right, so think about this. In 1973, there was no internet. There's no internet. There's no smartphone. There was no Twitter. There was no AI. There was no Alexa. I mean, we could just go on and on. What am I saying? In 1973, there was a lot less voices, okay? Um, I read this article in the New York Times. It said this, why is it so hard to pay attention? It was the title. Why is it so hard to pay attention? Why, why, are, why are we so distracted? Why is it so hard to focus? Why is it so hard to press in? Why, why is it so hard to to really gather and understand the truth. The article said this, we now receive 15 times more information than we did 50 years ago. So that's a 1,500% increase in information that you receive on a daily basis versus 50 years ago. It goes on and says this, our brains have the ability to process information we take in, but at what cost? The article says we have trouble separating the trivial and the important matters in life. Isn't that truth? It says every status update you read on social, every tweet, every interruption of a text, a notification, every time you watch a TikTok video, your brain is trying to send resources for you to comprehend and understand what you're receiving. And we're ha- it says this, we are having a hard time understanding what is truly important. We don't know truly what to do with our money. We leave our passport and, and sensitive documents and you know places. We re- don't know when it's time. It says we don't know when it's time to reconcile uh, a relationship that, was, that has been you know, messed up. What is it saying? Our thoughts are under attack. And the enemy knows what he's doing. He knows how to distract. He knows 
how to grab your attention. He studies you. He, he gets this. And there's so many voices trying to crowd out the voice of God. And it's, and it's so interesting because here's the deal, okay? We are leaving, we're living on what I call the bleeding edge of every crisis and every you know, uprising and every issue in our world. And I don't believe we were truly designed to have this and much information all at one time. And we're getting confused. And, and, and we're having a really tough time processing life, trying to really choose what is actually important in this life. And, and here's, what, here's what I know. God's voice is important. Look at your neighbor and say, God's voice is important, okay? God's voice is important. Um, my youngest son, Luke, uh, he's eight, and he's got a kid's Bible and has pictures and has, you know, it'll take a story and it'll make it a condensed version, and it's a big deal to him that me and him read the Bible together right now. And so we were reading Luke chapter four, and this is Jesus, and he's in the wilderness, and, you know, the devil has come, and there's, you know, there's a picture of the devil, and he's like, ooh, that's scary, you know, it's like the devil in the picture, and, and he's like, this story of the devil tempting Jesus, and so we read through the story, and I asked Luke, I said, Luke, what do you, what do you get from the story? And I want to challenge you to have those kind of conversations with your kids, no matter what age they are. Help them to process. Don't just read things to them. Help them to process what the Word of God is actually saying. And so he said to me, he goes, he said, I think it's real important to trust God over the devil. And I was like, praise Jesus, amen, right? What is he saying? What is an eight-year-old saying? The voice of God is really important. It really matters. Now, here's the deal. I know so often, so many people tell me through the years, I understand that God's voice is important, but how do I hear it? How do I know it? How do I know it's him? How do I know it's his direction? Let me give you some, some key points to that. Number one is this, it's the Bible. It's the Bible. You have to make the Bible important in your home. You have to make the Bible important in your life. Um, I know I'm super dating myself when I, when, I, when I give this analogy. How many of you remember when you would print out MapQuest directions, okay, right? Like, like I'm going on a trip and I'm going to print out, I'm actually gonna print out directions and, and I don't know who thought it was a good idea that you could drive and read at the same time. Like, it just does not work, okay? But we would print out directions. Why would we print out directions? Because we wanted to know how to get to where we needed to go. It's important, right? So the Word of God is the roadmap to your life. The Word of God is the roadmap to go, hey, I wanna tell you about marriage. I wanna tell you about finances. I wanna tell you about raising kids. I wanna tell you about forgiveness. I wanna tell you about how you should view your neighbor. I wanna give you a roadmap to life. So number one, you're gonna hear the voice of the Lord through the Bible. Number two is this, focus prayer. Just talking to God. And I'm talking about real talk to God. I think we all get so wrapped up in this idea that I gotta pray right. You don't have to pray right. Can I just take the pressure off? You don't have to say all the right things to God. I think he loves when you're honest with him, when you're truthful with him, when you're just crying out to him. 
This is why, you know, I love the Psalms. It's, it's just David, he's just crying out to the Lord. He's just sharing his heart with God. He's telling God what's going on in his heart. So, so you, you pray, you spend time talking to God. The third thing is this, you follow peace. You follow peace because the Holy Spirit will always lead you with peace. So I always use this analogy of, you know, when I was young, um, I remember the first time I stole something. Anybody ever steal something when they were young? Bunch of liars, I see you all, okay? We've all stole something. Okay. Um, the first time I stole something, I wanted a pack of basketball cards. I was with my grandma and we were at the store. And I took a pack of basketball cards and I stuffed them down my underwear, okay? I just jammed them down in my underwear. And we were gonna walk out of the store, you know, and there's a guy and he's like, ma'am, your son stole some basketball cards. I'm like, no, not me, you know what I mean? And, and he's like patting me down and I'm like, you know, doing this, like, yeah, because I have the basketball cards like wedged in my underwear, okay? And, and um, <laughs> so stupid. And, um, but I remember when I, I grabbed the pack of basketball cards, my hands got sweaty, my heart started to beat. I, I knew I was doing something wrong. So what do I say by being led by peace? The Holy Spirit is so good if you allow him to. I'm going to make this clear, though. You have to allow him to do this. You have to say, Holy Spirit, lead me by peace. So what will happen is there'll be moments in your life when you're going to make a decision. It could be a small decision, too. It's not always the big decisions. It could be a small decision, and, and you'll, you'll be ready, you know, you'll be ready to turn into McDonald's, and you'll go, oh, I don't have peace. Why don't I have peace about this? That sounds so trivial, doesn't it? Like, oh, I'm just, it's just a cheat day. I'm going to go to McDonald's, get a Big Mac. And the Holy Spirit goes, no, no, I, I got something else for you. But it could be something really big in your marriage. It could be something with your children. You, you got to follow peace. You got to be able to go, Lord, I, I want your peace to reign in my life, to lead and guide me. The, the last way is this. It's the Holy Spirit. Amen. What, what did Jesus say? He said, I'm going to go back to the Father, but I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. To what? To tell you about the future. That's the job of the Holy Spirit, is to lead you, to guide you, to speak to you about the things to come about your life. So the Lord goes, I want to speak to you, right? And, and here's the deal. I, I desperately want the Lord's voice because I hate going the wrong way. And, and every man in the room understands this feeling that when you're on a trip and the GPS is screaming at you, turn right, turn right, turn right. And you're like, no, I know it's this way. And then you miss the exit and you realize that the GPS was actually right. And you're like, dang it. You know, and you're like, nothing makes me more angry than when I miss an exit. And your wife's like, it's okay, honey. It's only five minutes. You're like, five minutes. We're on a schedule, right? We got a time. We're going to get that, right? Every man understands this, okay? Listen, I don't want to waste years. Amen? Life's short, everybody. I don't want to waste years and seasons and time going in the wrong direction. I don't want to waste, listen, and, and can I say this? I want to be real clear to all the parents 
you don't have years to waste with your children. You have such a small window to impact their life and to show them what is truly important in their life. And, and can I say, you don't have years to not have your children in church. You just don't. You have a short time frame to show them what is important. Listen, I say this all the time. Someday they will serve because they watched you serve. Someday they will give because they watched you give. Someday they will chase after the things of God because they watched you chase after the things of God. You're their guidance. You don't have time to go in the wrong direction. You don't have years to waste. All right, go with me to the next chapter, chapter 16. Verse one. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had, been not, had not been able to bear children for him. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Now we will come back to this because this is a lie from hell. God never spoke this. And I hear, I hear, I hear well-crafted lies from hell coming out of very good people all the time. That does not line up biblically. So she is speaking a lie, not true. So she says, go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps we can have a child through her. And Abram agreed. Listen, the Bible's scandalous, everybody, okay? It's just a scandalous, crazy, crazy, crazy book. Like when, when I read this story as a man, all I think is, run, Abraham, run for your life. This is a trap. And all of the wives said, amen, right, okay? This is insane. This makes zero sense. So it says, so Abram took Hagar, the Egyptian servant that, that she had given to him. And it says, this is a real key point right here. It says this. This happened 10 years after Abram settled in the land of Canaan. We'll come back to this. So in verse four, Abram had sexual relations with Hagar and she became pregnant. Point number two today is worry and fear. Worry and fear. So let's break down these two things. The first thing is worry, okay? Now, it had been what? 10 years from the last time he had heard the voice of the Lord. So the Lord comes to us and he'll speak a word to us. He'll go, I wanna bless you. I want to do this with your children. I want to bring this into your life. He'll show us something into the word. And, and, and it's the goodness of God leading us to what's in his heart. Can I express to you that the thoughts that God has for you, the Bible says it outnumbers every uh, sand, uh, grain in the entire world. His thoughts to bless you, to favor you, to increase you for his good in your life. He wants good things for you. He's a good father, okay? He's a real good father. So, so he comes to Abraham and goes, hey, I'm gonna make you you're, I'm gonna give you your own descendant. I'm gonna have, you're gonna have your own child and, and you're gonna have descendants that outnumber the stars in the sky. And now it's 10 years later. And this happens to us all the time. I mean, for us, it's like, 
It's like 30 days goes by, and we're like, ah, oh, God didn't show up. Where's God? He's forgotten about us. This is 10 years later. So I have to believe that worry creeped into their heart, and both of them thought, God, you know what? That must not have been God. Right? God speaks to us, and then God doesn't do it in the timing we want, in the season we want. And so what we do is we choose to go, ah, that must not have been God. That must have been myself. And, and, and then what do we do when we do that? We become God, and we judge what God said. Whew. Did you get that? We become God. And we go, God, it must not have been you, so I'm gonna judge the word that you gave me and I'm gonna deem it to be untrue and I'm not gonna trust it anymore and I'm gonna allow worry to fill my heart. When, when both of them, both of them must have been worried of this thought of what? We're running out of time. What a great lie from the enemy that he brings to us. You're running out of time. You're running out of time with your kids. You're running out of time with your finances. You're running out of time in this season. You're running out of time. God is the God who created time. He knows time. He's the beginning and the end, and he's the middle. He knows time. He hasn't forgotten what time it is. But worry puts us in a place that we go, you know what? That must not have been God. We are running out of time, so we'll make this happen in our own. So what happens when worry comes, we choose, let me say this again, we choose to move out of faith. So when we choose to move out of faith, we are saying, I no longer trust God and his word over my life. And then what happens? We go, well, I'll fix it on my own. I'll come up with my own plan. I'll make this happen in my own way. And, and this is what happens. She goes, go take my servant. Any married woman would never in their right mind think, yeah, we can't have a kid go sleep with my best friend. Thank you, Samaya. Oh, I love you so much. You're like my joy, you know this? I love you so much. Right? You wouldn't go, yeah, we can't have a kid, but I have a great best friend, and I think you should go hang out with her for tonight, maybe sleep with her, and maybe we'll have a child with her. Wouldn't that be great? No. 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 But let me tell you something. When you get desperate, when you get desperate and you're in a desperate season, all of a sudden, you can convince yourself that compromise and settling is God's plan. Woo! Can I get an amen from somebody today? You will compromise and believe that compromising, settling is now God's best for your life. That's what she chose. God hasn't shown up so I will compromise and I will settle, not for God's best, we'll do it on our own. How do you know when you're listening to the voice of worry? 
okay? How do you know when you're listening to the voice of worry? It's any time you make a desperate decision that under normal circumstances you would never make. You would never make that decision with your finances. You would never make that decision with your children. You would never make that decision with your marriage. You would never make that decision to go spend that time with that individual. You would never do that under normal circumstances, but because you're in a desperate season and you're desperate to make something happen, you will make choices outside of the current normal decisions that you would make. So she says, go sleep with my servant, right? So in these seasons, in desperate seasons, what do we need in desperate seasons, okay? I'll, I'll tell you what you need. You need godly, Holy Spirit-filled people to surround you. Godly, Holy Spirit-filled people to surround you. And, and let me make this abundantly clear. This is not the people that want to take you to the bar on Saturday night because all of you got some wild, crazy friends that are still out there wilding out. And I don't care what age they are, right? They're out there, they're out in those streets, right? They're getting down in those streets. Man, I saw a lot of people getting down at the Cavs game last night, man. They were putting it away, they were getting down, right? Not those people. I'm talking about godly people that have the fear of the Lord in them. Godly people that know the Holy Spirit. Godly people that help you make decisions in seasons that are hard. I remember uh, a few years ago when we were in the warehouse. And um, how many of you were with us at the warehouse? You were at the warehouse. Look at that. Look how much the church has grown. It's incredible, okay? So the warehouse was a crazy season. It was like the middle of summer, no air conditioning. And when I, when I say, Shannon, I'm not lying, man. I'm not blowing smoke. I, I'm, not, I'm not gassing this thing up. It, it, listen, in the summer, it was, it was like 90 degrees in the middle of service, y'all, okay? I mean, people were not passing out from the spirit. They were literally just passing out, okay? I mean, it was so, so hot. And, and it was so full. And we had people, we had this little lobby. I mean, 500 square feet. And we were so happy we had a lobby, y'all, okay? And, and people, that was our overflow room. And we weren't even smart enough to think about, like, put a TV out there so they can see service. They were literally, like, sitting in chairs, leaning, looking through this doorway to, like, see service. Like, and some people couldn't even see anything. And they were just happy to be there. Praise God. It was it was a wild season, y'all, okay, wild season. And, and the worst part, this was the, no, this, was the, this brought so much joy to my soul. The, we had one bathroom, one bathroom, and the one bathroom was in the sanctuary. So when somebody got up in the middle of service to use the bathroom, we all knew what was going on in the middle of service. And I'd just be like, God bless you, man, you know? So it, it was a wild season. And uh, we had just got to this place where like, we gotta have a building. And, uh, and we, started, we started looking. And we looked, 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 and I'm, I'm not exaggerating, not exaggerating. We got to about the 54th place that we saw. The Wesleys, no. They, I kept calling the elders, gotta come see this building, gotta see this building, gotta see this building. Just, and, and, and we kept looking at buildings and looking at buildings. And, and when you get to like the 50 number, 
you get desperate and you get tired and you get weary. I'll never forget, we found this place. It was off the interstate. You could see it from the interstate. It was in this, you know, um, industrial block. And I was just so tired and it was, it felt big enough at the moment for me and I was just exhausted and I was like, this is it. This is it. And uh, so we had a meeting with the elders. It was on a Sunday after church. And um, we're, we're like going around and like giving our opinions and our thought. And uh, one of our elders, Bill Price, it, it came to him. And Bill, if you know Bill Price, he does this thing. He'll like wring his hands like this. And he'll just go, mmm, like this. And you're like, what is mmm? I don't need mmm, you know what I mean? Like, and I know he's hearing from the Lord, but in those moments, you're like, all I need you to say is yes right now. Just, just give me a yes, we can get out of this warehouse and move on to what's next. And, and, he's, and, he's, and he's wringing his hands and he goes, I just don't have the warm and fuzzies. And I'm like, when do you have the warm and fuzzies? We have looked at 54 different places and you've never had the warm and fuzzy. I'm like just dying inside, just dying. I'm like, God, Jesus, help us. Lord, please let the rapture be right now, like right at this moment. Let this all end for your glory, okay? And I'll never forget, I, I was so mad. Because when you're desperate, all you want people to say is yes. But that's not what I needed. I needed Holy Spirit, godly people to go, no, this is not God's best. This is not what God has. And I'm so thankful for that now. You know, looking back, man, that was, it was so hard in the moment, but I'm so thankful that God brought us here. I'm so thankful. Like, that would have been such a terrible decision for our church. It had no ability to hold what God was doing in this season, and God knew that. I'm thankful for people that surround my life to go, no, 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 that's not a great decision. Let's, let's not be desperate right now, right? Let, Sarah made a desperate decision to do it on her own. The, the second thing I want to talk about is this is fear. Let me say this. What you fear most reveals where you trust God the least. What you fear most reveals what you trust God the least. So let me ask you, where does the fear lie in your heart, in your life? Does it lie with finances? And, and listen, I'm a smart guy. I understand what's going on with the economy. It's broke. I mean, it's like real broke. Like broke to the place it's not gonna get fixed. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. Now, you can fear that because you don't trust God. Or you can go, no, I serve the God that is never broke. And his kingdom is never broke. And, I, and he says that the righteous will never be forsaken. And I am the righteousness of God, and I know who I am, and so I'm going to trust my Father. And he'll, he'll make eggs appear where eggs are not found. <laughs> Amen? Be 
because they didn't trust God's word. And listen, let me say this. It was hard. It's 10 years later, right? But because they didn't trust God's word, it opened a door for fear to come into their heart. And because fear came into their heart, they chose to sit at the enemy's table and eat from the enemy's hand. This is what happens when you choose fear. You eat his agenda. You eat his lies. You eat his truth instead of eating from the table of the Lord. See, the table of the Lord in Psalms 23 says, Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. Yahweh, Jesus, he is my best friend. He's my shepherd. What is the job of a shepherd? To lead you to good places. That's what a shepherd does. It says this, I will always have more than enough. This should be plastered all over your house. You should be declaring this word over your life. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all, I have more than enough to do what God's calling us to do as a family. He offers places of rest in his luxurious love. He takes me to oasis of peace. This is awesome, verse three, where he restores and revitalizes my life. Verse four, it says, even though the path that goes through is the deepest and darkest. Listen, let me say this. You're gonna go through some hard times, some dark places, but here's what happens. Yahweh, the Lord is with you. So it says this, fear, fear will what? Never conquer me. Why? The best friend is with you. Jesus is next to you. His grace is next to you. His strength is next to you. You have the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Don't worry in this moment. You go to his store and you see empty shelves and you see people frantic and you see them running around and you can see, you can literally see the terror in their eyes right now with what's going on in this life. But the Holy Spirit goes, that's not you. You're a child of the Most High. You are favored, you are blessed, you are loved, he is with you. And all of a sudden what happens? Fear doesn't take over, peace takes over. Peace reigns in your heart. Says this, you comfort me with your love that takes away my fear. The love of God, too great to fully understand, floods your heart and pushes out fear. Amen? You eat from the hand of the Lord. Chapter 17, the next chapter, verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, the God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live blameless life, and I will make a covenant with you. This is the third time the Lord has come to him, by which I'll grant you and give you countless descendants. Verse 15, God said to Abraham regarding Sarai, your wife Sarai will now no longer be Sarai, for she will now be named Sarah. I will bless her and give her a son, her own son. This is the third time. The Lord's going, listen, I got you. I know what I'm doing. I, I got my plan. I, I'm working my plan. Abraham bows down to the ground, and he laughed at himself in what? Disbelief. He's thinking, I'm an old man. How in the world could I be a father at 100? How could Sarah conceive at 99? He's laughing at God. And listen, this is what happens when, when, when we can't understand what God is doing. So Abraham goes, 
May Ishmael, what is Ishmael? It's the mistake. It's the mistake. When he slept with Hagar, that was never God's plan. That was never in God's heart. It's the mistake. But he can't comprehend what God wants to do. So when we can't comprehend with what God wants to do, we decide to start negotiating with God. Ooh. Start negotiating with God. Worship team, you guys can come on up. So he starts this negotiation with God. He goes, may Ishmael live under your special blessing. But God replied what? No. No. What, what, God doubles down. He goes, listen, I told you, Sarah, your wife will have a son and his name will be Isaac and my covenant will be with him. Some of you need to hear God. Listen, he hasn't forgotten. He hasn't forgotten what he spoke to you. He hasn't forgotten his promise. He knows what he's doing. He has you. Point number three is this, goodness of God. Why does God respond no? No, he can't have the blessing. I'll tell you why. Because God can't and he won't. Let me say this again. God can't and he won't bless your plans. Can I, can I have more light? I don't know what, what this is. Can I have some more light on me right now somehow? God can't and he won't bless your plans. And, and here's the struggle. We see people that don't live for the Lord and we go, look how blessed they are. Are they? Are they? Just because somebody has a bunch of money, are they really blessed? Are they really happy? Are they really satisfied? Do they really know joy? Do they really have peace? Do they really have the comfort that when they cross from this life into the next, that they'll spend it in eternity with the Lord? Are they really blessed? And how do you know how the end of the story will happen? You just see them sitting courtside, think, oh man, look how blessed they are. They get to sit courtside. You don't know the story. God only blesses his plans. <laughs> oh, how do I say this, Lord? His plans have no consequences. There's just, there's just blessings. There's, there's, there's no consequences to his plans. They're just blessed. They're just favor. They're, it's just him. You take, God, look, I should not have sat courtside last night. That's the goodness of God. That was in his heart from the moment I was born. It's just his goodness. There's no consequences to his plan, to his plans. But I want you to see this. I love the goodness of God in the New Testament because we live under grace. 
And I can show you grace all through the New Testament. One of my favorite things is to show you grace in the Old Testament. Under what? Wrath and doom and gloom and God's angry, right? In the Old Testament. They chose not to trust God. They chose their own plan. They chose the mistake. And still at 99, God came back and said, will you do it my way? Will you trust me? I'll redeem all this. I'll heal all this. I'll bless all this if you'll just do it my way. So a couple months ago, I was digging through some boxes and I found some old disposable cameras. Anybody ever, like, you're like, oh gosh, we never like turned those in. And I turned them in and instantly after I was walking out, I thought to myself, oh God, what are on these cameras? You know, like, oh Jesus, what is, I go, oh Jesus. And so a couple weeks later, they called me to get the pictures back and, and I got some of these pictures I wanna show you. Look at this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't it like he had a whole Elmo room? Those binkies, oh, they were the death of us. He would only take those binkies. Look at this picture. And then Crow, this is, this is my favorite one. This is like my all time. All of our boys had mullets like this. So this was Michael. He's probably two at the time. And this was a desperate time of our life. It was a really hard time of our life. It was really, really tough. And it was really, really tough financially. And we struggled. And, and let me make this abundantly clear. At that time, we had made choices not to trust God financially. But it was really hard. And I remember we had a wedding. We had to get new clothes for a wedding. I knew we did not have money for that. And so one day I passed this place. It was called like check into cash or something. And so I pulled up and I walked in and I was like, hey, what's this place all about? And they're like, um, if you give, we'll give you $600 today if you'll return the $600 and pay us $50 back for it. And I was like, bet? They're like, yeah. I'm like, let's do it. I need $600 right now. And so I took the $600, a couple weeks later, come back, pay them the $600 plus the $50. And then they said, do you want to do this again? And I was like, I can do this again? Absolutely, let's do this again. They said, well, now next time it's gonna be $75. And I was like, okay, but I get $600 today, right? They're like, yep, so they gave me $600. So I keep doing this. And then I get the wise idea, right? Well, if that place will do it, I wonder if the other place will do it. So then the other place did it. So I got two places giving me $600. And they went from two places to three places, and went from three places to four places, and went from four places to five places. And now I'm just reeling, spiraling, desperate. I thought I was desperate before. Now I am desperate at a level of I've never felt before. And I'll never forget our, our pastors, our wonderful pastors. They said God woke them up in the night and they'd never done this. They said, check the staff's tithing records. And sure enough, Pastor Jeff, youth pastor is not trusting the Lord financially. 
And they called us in, our, in their office and they sat us down and they said, what is going on? I said, I've made some horrible mistakes. Now again, remember, Jesus, Holy Spirit filled people. I can feel the grace in the room right now with that. The Lord's going, you need to surround yourself with some Jesus, Holy Spirit filled people. And they said, we can help you if you'll submit to God's plan. I said, I'll submit. And as soon as I submitted to God's plan, the grace came. Somebody in our church, I, I didn't even know, came up to me one day and said, the Lord told me to give you this money. And it was all the money that we needed to get out of this hole. And I remember the last time I went to the checking place, and they said, it was the last one of the five. And they said, do you want to re-up? I said, no, and I'll never be back here again. And she looked at me and she said, good for you. The moment I submitted to God's plan, the moment I said, God, I'll do it your way. God, I'll choose your plan. I'll choose your way. The grace came. The grace came. What you saying up this morning? you close your eyes and raise your hands to heaven. It's just you saying, I surrender. I just feel a lot of grace in the room right now. I feel like there's a lot of you that have made bad decisions and choices, desperate decisions. Some of you have made desperate decisions sexually because you wanted to please your partner. You've made bad decisions financially. You've made bad decisions. You've done things outside of your marriage. Some of you have addiction. I can feel it in the room. There's all kinds of things that the Lord goes, I can heal it. I want to heal it. My grace is here right now. The Lord says, my grace is here right now. I'm looking for hearts to surrender to me, to my way, to my plans. I'll heal, I'll restore, I'll renew. But it will be my way, the Lord said. It'll be my plans. It'll be my timing. If that's you, I just want you to say, I surrender, Lord. I surrender. I surrender to you, to your plans. I can feel the grace. There's grace. Grace, grace, grace to you right now. The Lord's not angry. He wants to heal. He wants to restore. I want you to just pray this to me. Just say, Father, I ask you to forgive me my own plan, my own timing, my own way. I surrender my heart and my life to your plans. I choose today to trust you and to live in obedience to you. Father, I lift up your people to you and I release grace, grace to them right now. Strength, life, and most importantly, the Holy Spirit. 
to empower them with heavenly thoughts and heavenly agenda, to empower them with the voice of the Lord, the word of the Lord for their life and for their future. I bind fear, I bind worry in the name of Jesus, and I release the love of God that satisfies and gives us hope. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your strength and your victory today. We worship you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Can you lift up a great shout to the Lord today? Come on. Can you lift up a great, 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 great shout to Jesus today? Amen.
Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast.